listeners. It's Ophira Eisenberg. I want to hear from you. We want to collect some holiday stories from our listeners. So what do you do during the holidays? Do you barbecue outside? Do you watch slasher films with your family? Do you go out for Chinese food or maybe tacos? Whatever strange, interesting, unique holiday tradition you do with your friends or family, we want to hear about, and maybe it will get on air. So call 563-ASK-ME-22-TWO. That's 563-275-6322, and leave a voicemail with a one- or two-minute summary of your story. The number again to call, 563-ASK-ME-22. That's 563-275-6322. And now, without further ado, here's the show. From NPR WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for this next hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. And coming up, we have an extra scary bunch of puzzles for you. Monsters, devils, and scary birds, all in honor of our VIP, that's very important puzzler, the author of the Goosebumps series, R.L. Stein. <laughs> And to kick things off, let's welcome our puzzle guru, Will Hines. Greetings. And our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Oh. And let's say hello to our first two contestants, Barry Schwartzy and Rebecca Missel. <laughs> now, Barry, you're visiting us from... Uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Thank you for coming all the way down. Thank you for having uh, me. What movie or television show scared you as a child? Uh, probably The Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Big nerd reference. I love it. <laughs> That's a good way to start. Rebecca, you're a film buff. What, what television or movie scared you as a kid? It wasn't so much scary as it was disturbing to me, but Wheel of Fortune always wigged me out because... <laughs> no, really. Because Vanna White never spoke. I had no idea what to make of her. She just... These things lit up. And... <laughs> Dark Crystal, Wheel of Fortune. I love this game already. Our first game is called Quoth the Raven Something More. We've rewritten Edgar Allan Poe's classic poem, The Raven, to be about famous people whose last name ends in more. Clever. So, contestants, you'll be playing the part of the raven. So listen to each chilling stanza and then ring in when you know who we're talking about. And the winner of this round will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Starting her career in soaps, she went on to swinging on ropes as Maud, a scheming trust fund artist, and the dude's fake Mon Amour. Memorable roles did soon beckon Magnolia, safe, far from heaven. This fiery redhead vixen's love does many man implore. But her husband, director Bart Freudlich, is the man she does adore. Quote the raven. Rebecca. Julianne Moore. Correct. Pseudonyms like Jill DeRay and fiendish Kurt Vile point the way to this long-haired bearded Brit whose comic books one can't ignore. Practicing occult and magic, anarchist with worldview tragic, his words landed on the pelagic beaches of Tinseltown's shore. V for Vendetta, From Hell and Watchmen. Films based on tales this creator bore. Quoth the Raven. Barry. 
Alan Moore. That's right. I could tell you knew halfway through. Rebecca's just like nodding her head. No idea what is going on. It's Guy Fox Day. I don't anything else about even then Vendetta. But I felt like Barry had a smile that just crept larger and larger and larger. <laughs> I was imitating Guy Fox. You were imitating Guy Fox. Well done. Possessing acting chops, precocious, still she appeared in films atrocious. Her childhood was quite ferocious, partying at Studio 54, the youngest SNL house to date. Tom Green is one of her many ex-mates. We loved her in 50 First Dates. She played head case Lucy Whitmore. During the filming of Fever Pitch, the Red Sox finally began to score. Quoth the Raven. Barry. Drew Barrymore. Yes, exactly. With musical talent strapping, Oxford College came a-tapping. This British actor went rapping, rapping on Peter Cook's front door. He left the aisles for L.A. and starred in Blake Edwards' Ten and Foul Play. Nicknamed the sex thimble, he was risque, a short ladies' man right to the core. His only Oscar nom was for Arthur, a film whose remake you likely deplore. Quoth the Raven, Rebecca. Dudley Moore? That's right. Released six albums, that's a fact. This lady can both sing and act. Won a Grammy for I See the Light from Disney's Tangled Music Score. Released her first album at 15. Labeled pop music's Candy Queen. Transitioned to the movie Screen in Saved and other films galore. She's married to rocker Ryan Adams, a twosome too beautiful to ignore. Quote the Raven. Rebecca. Mandy Moore. Was yes. waiting for that one. Mandy Moore. Ben Haggerty, a hip-hopper and Billboard Hot 100 topper, sold out shows with Ryan Lewis, his producer on the dance floor. The single thrift shop they did release hit number one by No Caprice. Their great stature they did increase without opening a record label door. The first unsigned artist to top the charts since Lisa Loeb in 94. <laughs> Quoth the Raven... Rebecca. Macklemore. Macklemore. Modeling in women's fashion, acting soon became her passion. As a founding investor, Planet Hollywood, she did explore. Posed nude while pregnant, saw ghost, shaved her head, then left her post as thespian of the West Coast, moving her clan to Idaho's core. Alas, her marriage to TV icon Ashton Kutcher is no more. <laughs> Quote the Raven. Barry. Demi Moore. Demi Moore is correct. Will, how did our contestants do? They both did great, but our winner was Rebecca. Congratulations, Rebecca. Great match, and Rebecca, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. phones, those weird things we use to get our internet installed? Well, it turns out you can also use those mysterious devices to compete on Ask Me Another from Home or Work. So if you have a landline or have heard of such a thing, find one and let us know. Send us an email to askmeanother at npr.org or find us on Twitter or Facebook. It'll be the most fun you've ever had at the office.
Our next two contestants are here. Please welcome Jacob Stolberg and Blake Hamilton. <laughs> Jacob, you are getting a PhD in radio dramas? That's right. That is amazing. Thank you. I didn't know that was offered. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you ask nicely enough, they'll let you study more or less what you want. What you want. Well, that is a great one. And you are also a crossword constructor. Yes. Uh, Can you give us an example of one of your favorite clues or a clue you're proud of? Well, uh, most recently, I had a three-letter answer with the clue, not straight. Not straight. Mm -hmm. And the answer was sly. Ah, nice. Not to intimidate Blake, but you seem genetically created to be on this show. <laughs> Some say I was born to be here. All right. I see a lot of people relating to each other on this stage right now. <laughs> Blake, you're visiting us from... St. Louis. <laughs> Let's hear it. Fantastic. And you run your own trivia night there. I do. Uh, a yearly trivia night for the organization for which I work. It's very awkward, but it's lucrative. We raise a lot of money. <laughs> Interesting. Is there a theme to the trivia night? It's international. It's, uh, yeah, mostly just internationally themed questions. Um, I, I try to do my best, but uh, ooh, I fail a lot. Okay, well, that might help you because this game is called Hurtful Words. Jonathan? Yeah. Words hurt, don't they? They sure do, Afira. They do. They really can hurt. And, you know, they say that love is the universal language, but they're wrong. It's pain. <laughs> Pause for laughter. In this game, we'll tell you how people around the world say ouch, and we will ask you to name the language. But we will make it a little easier by giving you context clues for each one. Puzzle guru Will Hines, how about an example? I'd love to give an example. All right, contestants, so if I said, oof, this eruption by the volcano Ayafiatulajukla, <laughs> approximately, it is making me really hot, you would say Icelandic. Because you'd be very familiar that that volcano is from Iceland. Very easy, right? Yeah, Yeah. of course. Sure. So ring in as soon as you know the answer. Here we go. Ouch. These lederhosen are girding my loins too tightly. (laughs) Blake. German? German. You got it. (laughs) Ah, Ayo, you just ran over my foot with your Vespa. Blake. Italian. Italian. See. That's a very cool thing to say. You just ran over my foot with your Vespa. Vespa. (laughs) Ciao. Ciao. Peroni? Adu. I can't believe a gamelan orchestra would leave its gongs and kendang drums just lying here on this beautiful Bali beach. Blake. Indonesian. That's right, Indonesian. Trip over a gong, that hurts. Yeah, a gong beach sounds like the worst beach of all time. Yeah, no good. Ah, there was a pit in one of the olives in this gyro. Blake. Greek. Yes. Or, ah, our currency is no good. Yoy! I had no idea you could still get listomania from visiting Budapest. Blake! Hungarian? Uh Uh-huh, Hungarian. 
Hey, nah. I wish I could enjoy the veldt with all these wildebeests bumping into me. Jacob. Afrikaans? That's right. Wildebeests have terrible peripheral vision, if you didn't know that. That's why they bump into you. They, on they, the they're not trying to be mean. It's just an accident. They can't yeah, see. Yeah, they can't it. see. Itai, I can't believe this rich, buttery wagyu cow just bit me. Blake. Japanese. Uh huh, Japanese. I don't think I need to ask. Will, who won, who won this game? Our winner in that round was Blake. Good game. Congratulations, Blake. You're moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll sing a Rolling Stones classic, figure out what else zombies eat for dinner, and we'll find out what scares the public radio listeners more than a pledge drive. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Hey, thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. You know what you should also listen to? Snap Judgment with Glenn Washington. Snap Judgment is storytelling with a beat. It's intimate, musical kind of storytelling that features stories that connect and captivate and invite you to listen close. So check it out. Snap Judgment. Find it on iTunes under podcasts. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and let's welcome our very important puzzler, the author of the Goosebumps series, R.L. Stein. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Ophira, I have to say I'm having a really bad night. Why? Well, a woman stopped me. I was coming into the theater tonight, yeah. and she stopped me and she said... Did anyone ever tell you, you look a lot like R.L. Stein? <laughs> no offense. <laughs> that didn't exactly make my night. So you're such a prolific writer that some people th- have thought that R.L. Stein was a group of people I writing. I wish. I wish. Yeah, but it's just you. That would be, <laughs> it's just me. And so what, what is your discipline? Because you would write uh, Goosebumps, what, a month, every two months? How, what For was... a while I did. I wrote one a month. One a um, month. Yeah. I, don't, I just enjoy it. I, I um, don't have a good answer for that. That's, that's good. That's fine. I, um, I wrote one a month. It's the only thing I'm good at. You could, <laughs> no, no you, could, you could ask my wife. <laughs> it's, it's all I'm... But you started off writing joke books and humor books. You were a comedy yeah, writer. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote jokes for kids. Yeah. Here's one of my best jokes. Okay. What do you get when you cross a dog with a frog? What? A dog that can lick himself from across the room. <laughs> oh, come on, that's one, that's one of my best jokes. <laughs> I see why that you have the nickname Jovial Bob Stein. And now that's... you see why I'm scared. Uh, yes, ex- exactly, <laughs> both things. Who gave you that nickname, Jovial Bob Stein? I did. You gave yourself a nickname? In college. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was Jovial Bob Stein in college. What got you interested in writing horror? When I was a kid, there were these amazing comic books, Tales from the Crypt and The Vault of Horror. And they were gruesome, bloody, horrible. I loved them. And I used to read them at the barbershop. They had a big stack of them at the barbershop. 
One day, I bought a couple, and I brought them home, and my mother said, well, you can't have these. This is trash. You can't bring these in the house. And so, this is true. Every Saturday morning, I went to get a haircut. So, no, I had less hair when I was a kid than I do now, so I could read these comic books. And that really is what got me started, and those comics were a major influence on me. When did you first decide to uh, write your own? Horror. One day I was having lunch with an editor, a friend of mine, and she had had a big fight with somebody writing teenage horror <laughs> and who will remain nameless, Christopher Pike. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and she said, I'm not working with him again. I'll bet you could write good horror. Go home and write a novel for teenagers called Blind Day. She even gave me the title. <laughs> It wasn't, it's embarrassing. It wasn't my idea. Now, children love these books. So many people grew up on them, and I'm sure you get accosted to this day. Now, I do a book signing now. I get 7-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds. <laughs> and at first, I, yeah, but it was a horrible shock to me. I'd say, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And they say, we loved your books when we were kids. And I realized, this is the horrifying part. I realized I'm nostalgia. <laughs> okay, now, Bob, we are going to bring you back later in the show for your own challenge, but right now you're going to help us with our very first phone game. First time ever, Bob. The very first time. So let's see. Hello, caller. Hi, this is Rachel Brown calling from St. Louis, Missouri. Well, hello, Rachel. Hello. Did you read Goosebumps growing up? I did. I read them throughout elementary and then became too cool and moved on to the Fear Street series. Ah, yes. Nice. Oh, I'm, that's, I'm happy she mentioned Fear Street because I'm starting the series up again. All right, so, Rachel, if you hear a couple other voices here, it is our puzzle guru, Will Hines. Hello, Rachel. And our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton. Hi, Rachel. And this game is called Random Questions with R.L. Stein. So, Rachel, before the show, we asked Bob a few random questions with two possible answers, like, do you prefer the Rolling Stones or the Beatles? And you have to tell us how you think he answered. So, for that example, Bob, what, what was your answer? Rolling Stones I would have Beatles. said the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. And why is that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> But that's what he would have said, and that you is needed, all that matters. You needed an answer. That's okay, right. I gave you an answer. That's perfect. So, Rachel, if you get enough right, we are going to send you and ask me another Rubik's Cube. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Who is Bob's favorite author? Is it Ray Bradbury or Isaac Asimov? I am going to go with Ray Bradbury. Bob? Yes, she's right. Ray Bradbury. What is your favorite uh, Ray Bradbury book? Um, Dandelion Wine. Not a science fiction one. Oh, interesting. It's a beautiful book. It may be the most underrated book ever about his childhood and growing up in the Midwest, sort of in a fictional time, a fictional Midwest, and every page is beautiful. I read Dandelion Wine once a year, seriously, just to remember what good writing is. Oh, that's lovely. Rachel, we asked Bob if he could travel through time. Would he go forwards or backwards? What do you think he answered? 
Oh. Well, I would say he would go backwards. Interesting, Bob? Very good answer. I would go backwards. He would go backwards. <laughs> One of my favorite books is Time and Again by Jack Finney. I would love to live in that time in New York in the 1880s. Oh, it yeah. was so amazing here. It was such a wonderful time in New York. I'm just, I would love to know what that was like, what it smelled like, and what it felt like, and just what the air was and like. And get that apartment early, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, we asked Bob if he believed in ghosts. What do you think, yes or no? with a background like this, um, I would say yes. Yes. Okay. Bob? No. No. <laughs> I, it's a shame, but I don't. <laughs> You've met people, though, that believe in ghosts. That's right? I have. And, well, I know the ghost hunters. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. So they believe in ghosts. They really they, do. No, for, oh, yeah. And they've had many experiences. I mean, they really believe in it. Were they trying to convince you at all? Uh, no, not really. No? We, we didn't discuss it. R.L. Stein meant the ghost hunters, and you didn't talk about ghosts? <laughs> we talked about the TV business. <laughs> I mean, like, Madonna meeting Lady Gaga, and they, like, talk about, like... Sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, how do you think Bob writes his novels? Does he write them out longhand, or does he type them? Um... Not that you're an old man, but um, I would say with a typewriter. <laughs> well, that's scary. Yep. People in St. Louis are really straight ahead. It's one of their uh, it's one of our... positive personality traits. Exactly. What do you think? I would say, what are my options, shorthand or? Longhand or Longhand. type? Oh, type. Oh, typed. Typing? Typing. Bob, you, you type the mouse? Yeah, I type. I type with one finger, not even two. <laughs> Not even two. And look, it's ruined. Look at the finger. Look, it's totally bent. All right, for our this radio listeners, 300 is, books with this finger. It's crooked. Yes. It's got a weird knot on it. It's terrible. Yeah, it's hard. I can't even bend it. That's, that's what I sacrifice for my art. Maybe you're typing too hard. Are you pushing down really hard? <laughs> that is a cautionary tale for the texters of the future. All right, finally, Rachel, Bob hears a scary noise outside of his bedroom door. Do you think he would check it out, or would he go back to sleep and hope it goes away? <laughs> um, well, I would, say, I would say he goes and checks it out. Interesting. Bob, what do you think? I would, would send my wife... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a real avoider. I would pretend, I'd pretend it wasn't there. <laughs> Just go back to the typing, right? We're fine. All right, how did our contestant do, Will? Uh, she won. Fantastic. <laughs> Rachel, our first phone-in contestant, and you won. All right. Thank, Thank you for you. playing. You'll be getting a Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. And thank you so much. But, Bob, we'll see you later on in the show for your own challenge. Thanks again. Aaron Stein.
Hey, Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. Good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. Really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand. Why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demand. Here's an FYI, you're all gonna die screaming all we brains we're not unreasonable i mean no one's gonna eat your eyes all we want to do is eat your brains we're at an impasse here maybe we should compromise if you open up the doors we'll all come inside and eat your brains Jonathan Colton. Thank you. Let's bring out our next two contestants, Jamie Orenstein and Sean Howe. Now, Jamie, you are back. I'm back. We have had you as a contestant before, but we are here to right a wrong. Jamie was eliminated in a recent final round where the answer was patchwork quilt, and he answered peace quilt. We said no, but we should have said yes. Because that is a type of patchwork quilt. Look at you nodding. Yep, I knew. (laughs) And we reviewed the tape and decided that we had to fix this. And so we brought you back to compete again. Well, I'm a judge. and It's the first time I've been reversed and told I was right. (laughs) That's right. You are a judge. This is a new thing for you. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Feels good. And Sean, you're a bit of a celebrity. You wrote a book about the history of Marvel Comics. Yep, that's right. So what comic is your favorite? Uh, I was a big fan of Daredevil, which is now synonymous with a bad Ben Affleck movie. But <laughs> and, and what was it about Daredevil that you were like, oh, that speaks to me? Well, I was, I was really into the comic when a guy named Frank Miller was, was drawing it. And uh, it was, a, it was a, just a, kind of a cool, noir, moody comic book. Oh, it was dark. You like the dark. I like the dark stuff. All yeah. right. Good. I like you. This is going to be a perfect game for you both. It's called Zombie Gourmet. Jonathan, going by the last song you played, you are knowledgeable about all things zombie. Actually, you only really need to know one thing about zombies, which is that they like to eat brains. <laughs> Two things. Also, you need to know that they say brains in this way. Brains. <laughs> now, here's what you may not know. They also eat other things besides brains. When they cannot get brains, they eat things that rhyme with brains. <laughs> Puzzle guru Will Hines, will you give us an example of the kind of question... It's going to be featured in this next game. Certainly, I'll give an example. If I were to say that there was a zombie restaurant where they served Mark and Shania, you would say, Twins. And you have to say it like that, or we won't think you're cool. That would be bitter and tart, that little dish. So we are looking for nouns or names that rhyme with brains. And please give us your best zombie impression when you give us the answer. The winner will move on to the Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. We'll begin the first course with some refreshing rye, followed by a main course of bulgur wheat and steel-cut oats. 
And we'll finish things off with some delightful germinated barley. Jamie. Grains. <laughs> oh, it's quite creepy. <laughs> yeah, you're creepily good at that, Jamie. <laughs> this feast would be unthinkable without a starter of garden-fresh vena cava. This paired perfectly with locally sourced jugular... And for the ultimate satisfaction, try the velvety varicose. Jamie. Veins. <laughs> you said you're a judge. Do you deliver verdicts in that voice? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> some guiltless light good all leaves room for some crispy Seymour. And don't forget a cup of cool, creamy Fonda. Jamie. James. <laughs> yes. It's always nice to start with a glass of red wine mixed with fresh grass. The main course, a mound of artisanal mud. The only thing that can top this would be fresh seasonal ring around the collar. James. Plains? Plains. Grass, mud. Hmm, no. Interesting. No. But no, Nothing. no. Sean. Stains? <laughs> Why, yes, inquisitive zombie, that is correct. <laughs> so cute. That's a real humble zombie trying to break in this farmhouse. It just occurred to me, I don't think I've ever heard a zombie ask a question before. <laughs> They're real know-it-alls, usually. This meal is always served with a fine bottle of John, which goes stunningly well with a lightly battered filet of Bruce. We wrap it all up with two generous scoops of Lil and Dwayne. Jamie. Wayne. Wayne's is correct. Some freshly tossed Victor Borga starts this meal followed by roasted Bridget Nilsson, fused with Lars von Trier. And for dessert, this specialty is candied Hamlet. Sean. Danes? Danes? <laughs> Is correct. <laughs> I like that one zombie very much because he's so polite. <laughs> I will invite that zombie over for brains anytime. Yeah. Night of the Gracious Dead. <laughs> <laughs> A savory bowl of farm fresh beechcraft is just the start of this meal, which includes golden brown Cessna and pan seared Piper Cub. Jamie. Planes. That's right. <laughs> All right, this is your last clue. Every meal here begins with a tiny ramekin of pureed Diane. Then we present a generous slab of roasted Nathan. And to cap off the evening, please enjoy our special honeyed Lois. Sean. Lanes. <laughs> Lanes is correct. <laughs> that is right. Well, how did our contestants do? They did great, but our winner is Jamie. Jamie! Thank you, Sean. Amazing zombies. Jamie, you'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Congratulations. Coming up, we're going to make Jonathan Colton mix Looney Tunes with the Rolling Stones. And we'll shackle our VIP author, R.L. Stein, into the puzzle hot seat. So stay tuned. This is NPR's Ask Me Another.
Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and coming up, we'll see if our VIP author, R.L. Stein, knows what truly scares our listeners. But first, let's bring out our next two contestants, Jerome Sokoloff and Camille Bryan. Now, Camille, I am told you won. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego in 1992? But you're not happy about that, or it's taking you a while to deal with it. Well, on the show, I have bangs and sparkle shoelaces, and it's one of these things that you don't really want people to see, like when you're applying for jobs and things. Oh. So I've kept it under wraps, but it's been 20 years, so I've, I've accepted it now. Yeah, you should celebrate that. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. All right, Jerome, you are a word game lover. Uh, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah yes, you are. On long trips, my parents would decide that uh, they and my sister and I could only communicate in two-word sentences, <laughs> which... Uh, brilliant. At, yeah, at the time, like, ooh, cool, games, yeah. And now I look back, I'm like, that was a really great way to keep us shut up for long car right. trips. So this game is called Sympathy for the Tasmanian Devil. Yes, we have taken the Rolling Stone song Sympathy for the Devil and ruined it by paying tribute <laughs> to the pal so many of us hung out with while eating our Saturday morning cereal. I'm, of course, talking about Warner Brothers Looney Tunes characters. I will sing a verse with clues about one of those characters, and when I stop, you will have to tell me which character it is. Please allow me to introduce myself. I hail from a southwestern state. Go by many Latin names There's one creature that I hate I get my anvils from the Acme Corp As well as rocket-powered roller skates I'm a super genius But my plans don't seem to work out great Camille Wiley Coyote Wiley Coyote is correct to meet you hope you guess my name my head is wound and bald and my job is hunting game Jerome Tweety Bird oh no oh 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 well not who we're thinking of Camille Elmer Fudd Elmer Fudd yes I enjoy root vegetables. I'm a trickster. Don't mean to brag. Sometimes I channel Groucho. Other times I dress in drag. Hunt and harass, you won't get a pass. Cause here's what's up. I'm a true smart ass. Camille. Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny. I say, pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. I am Southern born, don't you? I say, don't you call me game. Jerome. Porky Pig. Oh, no. oh, 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 oh. 
Oh, Jerome, you're a heartbreaker. <laughs> Camille, do you want to guess? I can't remember the name. It's a rooster of some kind. I'm afraid you need to be more specific. Rooster. Um, I can't remember. Okay, audience, who is it? Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn, that's right. A rooster of some kind. <laughs> he was a cocky rooster is what he was. That's the kind. <laughs> A rooster that is larger than almost every other creature in that universe. <laughs> An enormous rooster. Yeah. And every time something happened and all those feathers, you know, he was like naked underneath, he wore like polka dot boxers for yeah, some reason. He wore a human yeah. boxer. He's got a chest like Babe Ruth. <laughs> but a rooster. Yeah. But a, rooster. a lot of roosters wear underwear, it's true. <laughs> some say I need anger management. I'm the roughest, toughest dude you'll see. Shout it out, say your prayers, varmin. Once again, bugs outsmarted me. Let me please introduce myself. I've been a cowboy, a pirate, a cop. I'm always an outlaw with a distinctive red facial mop. Jerome. Yosemite Sam. You got it. Pleased to meet you. Hope you could figure out my name. I wear a jacket and a bow tie, but I have no pants to claim. That one is Porky Pig. Yes! Just as Bugs remains triumphant. Rarely have such luck. I'm always running greedy schemes, but sometimes I just run amuck. So if you meet me, have some courtesy, cause I can barely keep my beak on straight. And if you are despicable, turn from frustrated to irate. Camille. Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck is right. <laughs> Who won that game, Will? Jonathan, they both played wonderfully, but our winner is Camille. <laughs> Jerome, a fantastic contestant. Camille, you'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Thank you to you both. Welcome back, our very important puzzler, author of the Goosebumps series, R.L. Stein. Now, you've spent your career scaring other people. What scares you? Nothing. Really? <laughs> Nothing scares me. If I go to a horror movie, I'm the one laughing. <laughs> uh, I actually heard about something that scares you. You heard of something? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about... Water. Like a body of water <laughs> that you have to jump in. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I have a problem with that. Well, you have to understand, I'm from the middle of Ohio. Mm -hmm. There's no water. 
It's no, I didn't see the ocean till I was 22. I have problems with it. Right. And I've never been able to jump into a swimming pool. We have a swimming pool. And um, my nephews just think it's hilarious that the scary guy is too scared who has to climb in on the ladder. It's so you see The Exorcist and you love it, but row, row your boat sends you into a seizure. <laughs> That's about it. But it was nice of you to embarrass me tonight. When you receive fan mail from your readers, uh, what do they say to you as far as like what scares them or, or what, what kind of letters do you um, get? Here's my all-time favorite letter. All-time favorite. Dear R.L. Stein, I've read 40 of your books and I think they're really boring. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It's perfect, right? It's a perfect letter. I love your sense of humor. I can oh, see why you. you laugh at a horror movie. So, since you know a lot about what scares people, we have a quiz that we've put together about things that scare us. We have asked our listeners to tell us which of two things scared them more, and your job this time is to tell us how you think they responded. Oh, interesting. Okay. And if yes. you answer enough right, Molly Morgan in Florence, South Carolina, is going to win a special Ask Me Another Prize. I'll try hard. All right, here we go. What did our listeners say scared them more, the sight of blood or the sound of thunder? Blood. That is correct. 82% were already, had already been struck by lightning, and they didn't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, they thought blood was scary. I would pick that, right, Sound of Thunder? Neither one is particularly scary, I don't think. Oh, well, Jonathan <laughs> I'm, Colton. I'm scared of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's a little bit more difficult. Emotional intimacy or sharks? I would say sharks. Yeah, they said 87% of them said sharks. Ventriloquist dolls or a swarm of bees? These are very equally matched. That's kind of tough. Yeah. I would say, um, having written about 40 books about a ventriloquist yeah. doll, yeah. I would choose that. That's what I would choose, too. 71% said swarm of bees. Yeah, something real. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, we did ask a lot of puppeteers, so... <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting one. A needle drawing blood or a paper cut on their eyeball? Oh. I yeah, see, that's too easy. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want any help from the audience. <laughs> I'm going to have to use that in a book. I would go with the paper cut, definitely. Yeah, 96% said paper cut. <laughs> Ghosts or being alone for the rest of your life? Uh, being alone. Yeah, 80% said being alone. This is your final one. Seeing your parents naked <laughs> or your parents seeing you naked? Now remember, we have no idea how attractive the parents yeah. or the child is. We have no, no idea. No, you have to go with seeing your parents. That's, no, no way. Seeing your parents naked? Yeah, I'm yeah. actually feeling a little sick. 
Yes, 75% said seeing your parents naked. Bob, you nailed that one. Congratulations. Thank you. You and Molly are both going to receive an official Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. And you were amazing to talk to. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you very much. In a town in the woods at the top of a hill There's a house where no one lives So you take a big bag of your big city money there And buy it But at night when the house is dark And you're all alone There's a noise upstairs At the top of the stairs There's a door So you take a deep breath and try it And the flashlight shows you something moving Just inside the door There's a tattered dress and a feeling you have felt somewhere before And there's a creepy doll that always follows you It's got a ruined eye, it's always open And there's a creepy doll that always follows you It's got a pretty mouth to swallow you whole Jonathan Colton. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from Quoth the Raven, something more, Rebecca Missile. From Hurtful Words, Blake Hamilton. From Zombie Gourmets, Jamie Orenstein. And from Sympathy for the Tasmanian Devil, Camille Bryan, to play our Ask Me One More final round. Puzzleguru, Will Hines, I'd like you to crown our champion. All right, contestants, the final round is called Killer Apps. In this round, every correct answer will be a word, phrase, or proper noun that contains the letters APP in order. For example, if we say uh, it's what you tear off your birthday presents, you would say wrapping paper. So we're going to play this spelling bee style. So one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last person standing is the Ask Me Another grand winner. So remember, every answer has the letters APP in order. Here we go. Rebecca, these devices kill mosquitoes and other insects with electricity. Zapper. That's correct. Blake, in a popular English carol, it ends the line, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a... Happy New Year. That's right. Jamie, magician David Copperfield made a jumbo jet, train car, and the Statue of Liberty all seemingly do this... Disappear. That's it. Camille, it's what the audience will do if you get this question right. Applaud. That's right. Falling backwards, three-point shot, all net. Um, Sorry, sports metaphor, wrong place for it. Uh, Rebecca, this website has been called the online shoe utopia. Zappos. That's right. Blake, it's the Japanese city that hosted the 1972 Winter Olympics as well as a brand of Japanese beer. Sapporo. Yes. Jamie, often seen on Antiques Roadshow, it's the act of valuing an object. Appraisal. That's right. Camille, it's what the British call a diaper. Nappy. Yes. Rebecca, known for his expensive Italian suits, mob boss John Gotti was given this nickname. Uh, 
I'm sorry, just step aside. We'll see if Blake and Steele, known for his expensive Italian suits, mob boss John Gotti was given this nickname. Capo. That is not right. Step aside. We'll see if Jamie can steal. The Dapper Don. That is correct. So Blake and Rebecca will ask you to step aside. We're down to two. Camille, the cocktail known as a fuzzy navel is typically made with orange juice and this fruity liqueur. Oh, sorry, that's time to step aside. We'll see if uh, Jamie can steal. Pineapple. Oh, that is not correct. Looking for peach snops. Camille, it's the tenth letter of the Greek alphabet. I need you need to step aside. Jamie? Kappa? That's correct. You are our grand winner. Jamie, Congratulations. You're Ask Me Another Big Winner. R.L. Stein has put together your very own fear pack. It's a collection of scary tchotchkes from his home, like a stuffed raven. There's some skulls. There's some cable bills. Just really scary stuff. I'm scared to collect it. Yes. Well, <laughs> congratulations. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening at home and would like to be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Will Hines. Hey, my name anagrams to Hell's I Win. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Karen Lurie, Josiah Madigan, Jamie Matler, and Jim Newman. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogerson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan, along with Portia robertson Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Paul Rest, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her right begonias, Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're live from the World Science Festival, and we get elemental. Combine sulfur and helium to get a feminine, third-person, singular, personal pronoun. Sulfur and helium. That's a blonde with a very high voice, yes? That's right. <laughs> I'm Ophira Eisberg. Come be my lab partner on a science-themed edition of NPR's Ask Me Another. Goggles on. Hey, you're still listening? All right. Well, thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Hey, did you know that there are lots of other great NPR podcasts out there? How about Snap Judgment? It is fantastic. Snap Judgment with Glenn Washington. It's storytelling with a beat. And it's an intimate kind of close musical storytelling. And it's stories that connect and captivate and invite you to listen very close. That's Snap Judgment. Check it out in iTunes under podcasts.